All right, everyone, I want to welcome you to Journey to Success Radio. A special thanks out to Tom Tutal Cunningham for allowing me to host today's show. My name is Chuck Bellina. I am a personal development coach, and my company is called Results from Thinking. We're located here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, I have a passion to help other people live life by design. We do this by helping them first understand the power of their mind in all aspects of their daily life and, and the influence it has. And we show you how to identify and eliminate the habits that lead to the unwanted results and sort of open up your mind's eye to the reality that you can create the life that you truly want. I have the privilege of working with, uh, talking with a gentleman, Philip Hatfield right now. Uh, Philip uh, is, um, I, I'm impressed with your work and what you've been doing. I've been following you and uh, I'd like to uh, have you share a little bit about who you are and uh, kind of give us an introduction. Sure. Very good. Thank you very much, Chuck. And I have to tell you, uh, Tom, I don't know where you are, buddy, but I sure love you. Love being on your show again. I think it's been two or three years ago, but thank you. But just real quick about me. My name is Philip Hatfield. And uh, as we get going, you're going to find out a little bit more, but I'll tell you right now, I am the best good looking, short, fat, one-legged guy you ever seen. <laughs> i tell you that because I had a very bad accident <laughs> years ago and wound up with one leg. So... But uh, basically, uh, I'm a business uh, coach, I'm an author and speaker, and I've had the privilege of being mentored by the great Zig Ziglar for, uh, I first met Zig in 93, so I guess what, it's like 24 years, so being mentored by one of the yep. best, and uh, it's just been awesome. That's awesome. Um, so, some of uh, what you wrote about, and actually the very first book that you wrote was called uh, Carried by Angels, correct? Yes. And that stemmed from sort of some tragedy that you had in your life. And, yeah. and you write about this. This is sort of how things kind of change for you. Can yeah. you share with the audience a little bit about what took place and how this really had an impact on you? Oh, sure. Yes, I'd love to. And uh, the book is called Carried by Angels, and that's how you'll find it. Uh, but I wrote it under my subtitle. That's, uh, that was when I started. And that's called My Greatest Tragedy is My Greatest Blessing. Uh, you know, we all have things okay. happen to us in life, and it's just kind of like going over that uh, you know, we have these negative things happen, but we could take them and turn them around and use them to our benefit and to help others. So that was pretty well the reason for that book. But, yeah, I'll start talking about an accident that I had uh, uh, back uh, in uh, November the 9th, 2008. Uh, was riding a motorcycle, had a horrible accident, wound up in the hospital a very mm. long time. Um, oh, almost seven times in the first 10 days, I'm just blessed to be alive. I bet. And, um, and that was like, your life took a turn for the better in a sense from, you know, um, from, from a, a tragedy where most, a lot of people stop living. Yeah. But you know, it all comes back to, you know, uh, uh, Zig Ziglar always says you are who you are and where you are by what you put into your mind. You can change who you <laughs> yeah. are and you can change where you are by what you put in your mind and thank the good Lord. I started putting better stuff into my mind years ago. So once I had the accident, I was able to respond to the accident, not able to react to the accident. So even coming out of a coma and that it's like, I just knew I was blessed to be alive. <laughs> and, um, and that's powerful. Um, I've had the opportunity to work with a number of people and it's amazing. People, 
some people struggle with the term success because they may apply a definition to it that, and, and this is success in personal life, professional life. Uh, we focus on health, wealth, love, happiness, spirit, and spirituality. Um, and sometimes people are afraid of success because they fear that it's going to require something that they're going to have to sacrifice something else. And they're not willing to do that. And, but when they have, when they see the opportunity and when they just put it out there, there's a passion that drives them. Um, a lot of people that I've worked with have had tremendous success because they've experienced something in their life that turned them. Um, I, one of the people that I follow is uh, Bob Proctor out of Canada. Yeah. And he'll talk about two, two things that'll change you. One is a traumatic, uh, situation, uh, an emotional impact. And another one is through repetition, you know, constantly telling yourself that you're, that you're great and you're outstanding and, and, and having that vision and viewpoint versus I'm stupid, I'm dumb, I'm clumsy. I'm, you know, I'm not worth it and everything else. And the only change is really what goes on in your mind. And it has less to do with your circumstances and situations and you can make your whole world can go in a different direction from that mindset. So it's yep. very evident that you grab the hold of that right off the bat. Yeah. You know what? We have to be careful of, uh, of what we read and what we see and what we do, yeah. you know, cause it's very, it is very true because what we feed our mind, you know, it's going to come out and uh, it helps us to, to be who we are. And, and, and think about it. A lot of times people are sitting there watching TV shows that really they shouldn't be watching and listen to stuff they shouldn't be listening to. And, you know, all that stuff's going into your mind. And just think for a minute, I mean, while we're on this subject, just, uh, Chuck, if you had a, uh, let's say you had a multi-million dollar racehorse like Secretariat. You, you know who Secretariat is, mm -hmm. right? I do. If you got I a multi-million dollar horse like that, what are you going to feed it? You're going to feed it oh. junk food or you're going to feed it the very best food you can get your hands on. Absolutely. Yeah, and absolutely. You you're definitely going to do that. Yeah, and remember there used to be a show whenever uh, we were younger. It was called The uh, Six Million Dollar Man. Do you remember that? I sure do. <laughs> when you yeah, think Steve about Austin, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We go uh, Majors. Was it uh, Lee Majors? Was the $6 million Lee man? Yeah. <laughs> but mm -hmm. you think of That's it, and, and you think of us as human beings. Just think of this just for a minute. We can't be made who we are today, not with $6 billion. Absolutely right. But what are we feeding ourselves and our mind, and how are we taking care of this? great thing that God has blessed us with, with our heart, mind, soul, and the being of who we are. You're absolutely right. I can't recall where I heard this from, whether I read it or heard it, but it talks about the value that we place on the things that are replaceable and the lack of placing value on the things and, 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 and the things cost us money and, and the high value we place on it, our cell phones, our cars, our houses, but the things that we got for free, in life yeah. and we place little value on it. You know, yep. your body, the fact that you're alive, uh, you know, your capabilities, your intellect, your, you know, your memory, uh, the interaction with other people. We don't, you know, unfortunately a lot of people don't place a high value on that. And um, you know, those are gifts that you're given and uh, they were given to you free freely. And then unfortunately a lot of, a lot of people really focus on the things that they spend money on and take more care of that than they do their bodies that they were given. Yep. Um, yep. I, out of curiosity, how'd you connect with Zig Ziglar? 
Well, back in, Lord, in uh, 1984, I took over a hotel. By the way, that was a long time ago. Was that before you were born? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I was still around. Uh, I graduated uh, high school later on that decade, so. Oh, good. Well, you know what? I had uh, I was uh, in the, the hotel business. I was in Shreveport, Louisiana, and a headhunter had uh, uh, got a hold of me, and they said, hey, there's a hotel in uh, uh, Fort Worth, Texas. We want you to become the general manager of. Long story yeah. short, I, I took off, and I uh, said, okay, I'll be the hotel general manager, and loaded up my U-Haul, put it behind my car, and off I went. I got to Fort Worth, Texas. Got off the highway, mm -hmm. and I come across the the overpass and I looked at man, it was the most beautiful hotel. I said, Oh my goodness, I'm going to be the general manager of that beautiful hotel, the nicest hotel in Fort Worth, Texas. But as I got right up to it and I turned right to go in, as soon as I turned in and right, I saw it on the left-hand side. All the sleeping rooms were burnt to the ground. So, oh my. Yeah. Six weeks before I even got there, there had been a fire. Five people had died, and 33 people were still in the hospital six weeks later. Oh and, and I didn't know what to do, and I called my dad. My dad was my hero and a great businessman. I called my dad, and I, it's like I've just ruined my career. I, what am I going to do? And so he told me to get this book by Zig Ziglar, uh, See You at the Top. And so I got the book and started reading the book, uh, See You at the Top. Just putting those principles in about other people, treating other people like you want to be treated, Oh, my goodness. We took the hotel. Long story short, we turned it around. So I started listening to Zig. 1993, I'd had another business, and my business was at the very top. So at this convention, they said, you get to have dinner with the speaker tonight, but we're not going to tell anybody who the speaker is. Sure enough, there were probably, I guess, there were five, 6,000 of us, and we had no idea who the speaker was. Well, the speaker wound up being Zig Ziglar. So wow. after it was over, I got to meet Zig and have dinner with Zig, and that started a friendship and relationship that lasted – uh, right up till Zig uh, went on to, to to heaven here about four about four years yeah. ago now. Yeah. Oh my. Uh, and, and the principles that you studied out of that book, see at the top, still apply today. I, I mean, you know, the foundations don't change. Yeah, you're right. It's the it's principles. Critical. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. I, I always told uh, would put uh, the principles and philosophies, and my wife corrected me uh, here about uh, three or four weeks ago. She said, "Philip, philosophies change." principles never change and you think of it that, and you're right and she's right because what zig taught yeah. were life principles and life skills and and uh, that's why it's uh, you know, it's it's timeless yeah if your wife is interested i'm recording this so uh we can make uh her have a copy of this thing that she was right principles don't change. <laughs> no um <laughs> um that must have been incredible to uh to actually work with him and get to know him. Uh, I've listened to a lot of uh, his things. Um, I, I have a master's in counseling. I was prior military. I was prior sales uh, in the medical field. And I was not introduced. The, the first, uh, I, I kind of listened to some Tony Robbins and just, I was very intermittent. It wasn't a part of my life and I didn't have anyone in my life that really said, you got to read this. You have to do this. And, um, so I'm approaching 50 now. I've now been involved with a gentleman here in Pittsburgh that has read Thinking Grow Rich 130 times, attributes wow. all of his success to that book. Uh, he's a, he was a car dealer. Um, his name is Jim Shorkey. He owns the Jim Shorkey Family Auto Group, or he did. Uh, he took it over from his father after his father passed. And two years later, um, his ego, being as big as it was, and he'll admit to it, 
got in the way and he was taking a family business that everyone relied on into the ground and they were going bankrupt and oh. he had to turn it around. And uh, by that point he was reading personal development material, but he wasn't applying it. So he can, he can regurgitate everything that, you know, he's read and heard, but he wasn't applying any of it. And he had to change and he changed fast and he started taking expert counsel, changed his approach, changed his ego, got very humble. And now the dealership, uh, seven dealership strong, uh, tremendous success attributes all of his success to, you know, the, the writings of Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, as well as Zig Ziglar. Uh, uh, Jim Rohn was his favorite, you know, all these great guys. But they it, these are lifelong lessons that haven't changed. It's stemming back to Andrew Carnegie and before. We have a quote from Plato being, you know, uh, that states something along the lines of the worst scenario is being defeated by self. Uh, you know, the other side of you that just wants to eat the cake when you're trying to be healthy or, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, so these principles are lifelong and, and that they don't change. Um, and so it's, it's kind of neat to see how all this ties together. Um, a minute ago, before we started uh, on the show, we were talking about authenticity. And uh, you, you have a book that's going that direction, if I if my notes are right. Yeah. So yep. do you want, do you want to share a little bit about, cause you have several books out. Uh, yeah. We just identified um, carried by angels and yeah. you have a, yeah. another book out called be the transformation. That's correct. And uh, contagious encouragement. Correct. Correct. And then you have another book uh, called the audacity of authenticity. Yep. That's what we're say that? uh, writing now is audacity of authenticity. And yeah, you, think, so you want to share with the audience a little bit about that? Yeah. Chuck, Chuck, you think about it, and how many of you heard someone say, can you believe Chuck had the audacity to say that? Or you say, <laughs> yeah. can you believe Tom? Tom had the audacity to do. Can you believe what Tom did? Can you believe he had the audacity? That's a harsh term. That's a harsh term to throw on someone, yeah. Well, yeah, and see, that's exactly right. We look at that as a harsh term, but when you look it up, the audacity means to be bold and to have courage. And so the title yeah. of the book is The Audacity of Authenticity, the audacity to be authentic in who you are. You know, and, and if there's right. areas of your life that need improvement, work on those, those areas of your life. But when you look at um, the authenticity, it's like there's a lot of people we think they're one way and we find out later they're not, and it winds up hurting a lot of us. Um, and so it's just very important to me, and I'm starting to look at that a whole lot deeper and uh, about living a life uh, of more authenticity and genuinality and being the best I can be, but, you know, just being authentic to who I am and trying to help others to do the same. And, and, um, and, and I had shared with you that that term, as well as living life by design has been resonating in my head recently. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand what do you mean live authentic? I am living authentic. Well, we're conditioned. We are conditioned from the, you know, from the moment we're born, um, you know, what we eat, how we speak, how we dress, how we talk, um, what, we, you know, what's important to us, you know, what we focus on, our parents taught us, our siblings taught us, our teachers, our friends, and, you know, the, the people that I work with, they kind of hit a wall and they're tired of living life, you know, this way. Yeah. And it, it kind of flushes out that they're tired of living life everyone else's way yep. and they're not truly they're not living their life the way they were meant to be the, who they truly are and they're they they're they're sick and tired of being sick and tired and they're re ready to sh shed off this fake facade of what everyone else 
thinks they should be, be and do and, you know, how they should live their life and truly be who they are. And when that happens, it's powerful. Um, and Joe, and I, I, think I know you don't what you're stepping yeah. in. Yeah. And you don't know me very well, but, uh, uh, Tom and those guys who've known me, if, if they will look and think just for a minute, they will probably see a whole different me now than they did two, three years ago. I've kind of, I kind of pulled back, um, from a lot of the relationships that I've had and just being around people, just looking at the, the authenticity and just trying to make sure I'm around people who are really genuine, trying to help other people and are, and are doing the right things. Cause one thing in the, uh, right. all business world, but it, you know, you know, here in our speaker world and trainer world where we are, we have people that who will use the relationships with other people to benefit themselves or, or those things. And you know, right. if we're doing the right things all the time, the benefit will come. But when I just right. looked at that three years ago, I have been I, I just changing all the circles around me. I've been around some hugely successful people all of my life. And it's like, you know what? I'm now 58 years old and you know, what, what are the important things in life and what's the legacy that I need to leave uh, to try to help people mm-hmm. to, to uh, help their life. And, you know, I always look at the eternal perspective. That's a number one and that's first and foremost. Right. But, you know, and in there, a lot of people use their religion or their faith to build a business. And you know what? Their, your faith will help you to build a business, but you don't use your faith to build the business. You use your faith to worship God and keep him first and foremost in all that you do. Right. Right. And, and, and it gives you guiding principles to run your business uh, based on sort of a solid rock in your life. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, you're kind of tethered to that rock. I, you know, I've gone through some challenging times in my life um, and everyone has their story and, you know, mine may not be as you know challenging as your story, but it was mine and it was real. Yeah, they're all the same. And and I and I and, and there was a book that I was given, and uh, I need to go back and find that quote because I actually lived off of this quote, and it basically talked about you know how this is a season. And my the image I had was this large boulder in an ocean, and I'm in the waves being tossed around in life. And I just need to be anchored to that rock, that boulder, because that was the stability of my life. And if I was anchored to that, that boulder, things were okay. Even if I was getting tossed and turned, I, I had that stability, that stable understanding. And that was my faith. That was what I believed in. And that made me stronger. And I was able to go out and do more. Um, you were talking about the people that, you know, you kind of changed and you had, you started looking at the people you we're hanging with. And, you know, you hear that all the time, you know, you're the sum of the five people that you hang with. Um, yep. Napoleon Hill in his book talks about auto suggestion and, you know, what are you saying to yourself, but also who you're hanging with? What are you saying? What are you watching, reading, writing? Uh, what are you doing? What are your actions? These are all things that feed into your mind and uh, have influence on you. And yep. a lot of people don't realize it. Oh, you know, it's just a game show. Oh, it's just a, a video game and yeah, it's violent, but it doesn't mean anything. I think it means a lot. I think, it, you know, our brains and our subconscious mind, the way it works really absorbs this material and it does change us over time. And at a certain point, you know, and that's the theme that Napoleon Hill's book, you must take possession of your own mind and direct it to ends of your own choice uh, and not be influenced by outside, uh, you know, the outside world. Yep. It's a, uh, it's a blessing that was given to us by our creator. So, 
exactly. if you learn to use it properly. And when you look at the tragedies and struggles, you, you had mentioned one that, that you've had a tragedy or struggle or something in your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody has. And that's why I think there's guys like uh, you and I and Tom and others that it's very important of why we share for others because it, it supplies the hope for other people because some people are in a hopeless situation that they, they're, they're not surrounded by people who can really help them. They don't have the resources. And a lot of it are just personal relationships or getting around the right people. And uh, a lot of times we don't know who that is nowadays. Uh, that's why the audacity of authenticity is so important to me that we, we just find more of those people that, that we connect with. But now you said you had a struggle in your life. What was your struggle? Uh, it was a personal struggle and it dealt with relationships and it just really made me feel alone because you feel victimized. You feel, um, you feel, um, kind of, um, less worthy. So when you feel that way, you don't want to go to people and share the struggle because you, then your belief is that now they look at you differently and that's not the case, but that's where my mind was. So, you know, it was a struggle that I, you know, I fought for my, you know, on my own and just didn't turn to anyone uh, right away, you know, and, and until you kind of hit a point, it's like, okay. And if you have close enough people to you and they kind of, you know, they read you like a book and they're like, all right, what's going on? You know, after a while they're like, all right, this, this got to stop what's going on. And they, and they kind of get you to open up and, you know, start to break free from it. But uh, it could put you in a bad place very quickly and it's your mind. And um, so therefore, yeah, it, can, it can really impact. Yeah, it can be anything. Yeah, our struggles can be anything, but simply with us overcoming those struggles, and not that we are ever completely over it, uh, everything can leave scars. Uh, with my struggle, I'm now yeah. a, a amputee, I don't have a left leg, and I've got scars from that. I've got scars all over my body from my accident. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's the blessing of what I have received after the fact. It's what going through that it's who it's made me to be and sometimes it's like i feel right. like wow i'm a lot better person it's like wow i'm not doing enough to share with other people uh, i'm not doing enough to encourage other people so what can i do um right but when we when we come through that that's that's why we go through those struggles number one to help other people with it as well to help lead them and guide them say hey there is hope on the other end you will be okay and, and kind of point them the right direction and they're you know with your counseling degree you're able to help them in that area where I'm not able to do that. And I tell people I'm not a counselor. I'm a coach. And a coach is one right. that uh, I'm going to coach you and try to help you get better. And I'm going to, yeah. as a coach does, you're coaching the baseball guy. You're, you're, you're coaching him on how to swing. Well, then you go watch him swing. And uh, if he's swinging, you go coach him again. Go keep coaching him. But sometimes I think people right. wind up in counseling because they, they keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, thinking they're going to get a different result instead of taking the coaching and putting it into action. Absolutely. And uh, it's interesting that you just brought that up because I, I met with a lady yesterday and she shared with me her childhood and it was not the childhood. You know, as an adult looking back, she felt victimized because her childhood was not a normal childhood. She was forced to be become an adult and mature very quickly um, just due to you know her parents. And she regret, I mean, she's angry about it. And uh, she's in her, I'm guessing, uh, late 40s, early 50s, and she's still struggling with it. She does see a counselor. Counselors provide tremendous value. But as a coach, my goal is to not dig up the past. If we have to address something that you feel is holding you back, 
But my goal is to take you where you're at without judgment and get you to where you want right. to be. Yes. Um, that's fun. And, um, you know, I, uh, you know, one of the things I went through, my father was an al- uh, alcoholic and it impacted my family. And as I grew, um, you know, I could have been labeled and I read the labels and took the test about being an adult child of an alcoholic. Um, and what's interesting, one of the tests I took, I scored 75% on this online test. And um, the reason I took this test there, uh, I'll try to shorten this story, but my wife found an alcoholic drunk as all get out walking around a parking lot as he came out of a liquor store, knew he should not get in the car. Um, no one would help my wife intervene. And no one wants to get involved, right? So my wife approaches this gentleman. He agrees to hand over the keys. Uh, she gets him a ride home. And the next day I call him and say, hey, I'm bringing your keys. I think you need to talk to someone. And he was still drunk. And uh, I, he has been in my life now. He's a great guy. Uh, he's struggling. And uh, I, I've been in his life now for about a year and a half, and uh, he's still struggling. But I spent I spent the entire day. We met at 9 a.m. for breakfast, and I got him in a vehicle for a treatment center by 11:30 that night. I was in the hospital with him the entire day, and mm-hmm. I shared this with a friend of mine. She goes, "Oh, why'd you do that?" And I'm like, and I, I shared it with her not to brag, but just she asked how things were going, and it was the most prominent thing on my mind, and it still affected me. And I still don't know. I just, you know, uh, his name's uh, Greg. I said, you know, I don't know why I'm here. I said, I think I, God put me in your life and I'm going to follow through with it. And it's up to you whether or not you're going to take advantage of this opportunity because it seems like no one else was around for you because you've kind of pushed everyone else away, right? So yeah. she, um, she's the one that made me look at, you know, the, the, the credentials of a, an adult child of an alcoholic. But you know what? I wouldn't change it because I, ne- I love helping people. And... I, I don't look at it as a label. I look at it as a passion because when I can help someone find, you know, the, the, uh, the passion in their life, like the lady yesterday, you know, I said, I know you're seeing the counselor. I said, but here's the thing if you work with me, I'm not going to rehash the old stuff. I said, you need to like put all that aside and start moving forward and I'll help you. And uh, she was fired up at the end of her talk. And I was really excited because I know she's going to start pursuing her dreams and passions and finally get a hold of her life instead of living in the past and being victimized. And it's a choice, you know, um, I choose not to be a victim. I, I'm a survivor and uh, a victor. And, um, into your comment, it made me who I am and I like who I am and I'm okay with that. Yep. So, and you know, yeah. that's why I wrote the book uh, called contagious encouragement. That's one thing all of us need. All of us need more encouragement. Now, do, do you have all the encouragement you need, Chuck? Do you have enough people patting you on the back or, or kind of helping you push ahead? Do you no. have all the that See, none of us do. <laughs> and that's what we no. don't do is encourage other people. But God has a crazy math. I'll tell you what, I'll never understand it. And, and, and the more we do to help other people, the more we get in return. But instead, we right. kind of think that it's all about me and no, I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to stay at the hospital with you all night. I don't have time. I've mm-hmm. got other things to do. But we get more in yeah. return by helping other people. And just by starting that encouragement, no matter where they are, they start to see that there is hope and there is, there is help for them. But you've got to encourage them along the way because you know what? Life has beat people down. And some people have never been encouraged their whole life. And it's some people when tragedy right. happens, whatever, they're just kind of left there. It's like, who am I going to turn to? And sometimes it just takes a smile and encouragement and, and moving forward. And you know what? There's an exercise in the book, and I got it from Zig. And uh, we, yeah. we have these uh, 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 
paper things we do where we call we write an I like because. And so that's basically the tenet of what I use in the book, but I use it whenever I'm speaking and doing training as well. And here's what we do is I tell people, you got to find three people in the room. You got to find three people, tell them three things you like about them and why. And it's like, nice. you can't talk about their clothes, can't talk about their, their glasses, their new purse, or their beautiful Ferrari sitting down in the parking lot. <laughs> you know, something about them. What do you like about them? And you think about right. it, no matter if you like somebody or don't like somebody, when you're standing there looking them in the eye and you've got to think about something you like about them, everything changes. Your attitude right. begins to change. Your outlook begins to change. And you really got to find the good in them. And there is good in every person. Sometimes it's I just agree. been buried down. Life has beat them down. People have beat them down. And that's why right. I heard such a huge factor in our life. And your vision has been glossed over due to your circumstances to view that there is no good people in the world anymore. And in that, that exercise right there challenges you to take off your fog glasses and, and look at someone for who they are and, and kind of say, okay, this is, you know, I, I, if you know Tony Robbins story and I, and I, I listen to him a lot. Um, I, he was with a the family, they were dirt poor and someone showed up at Thanksgiving and offered them food. And he says, it wasn't the food that changed him. It was the fact that someone, a stranger cared. And his father used to say, you know, tell him no one cares. Yeah. You're on your own. And that one person showed him that people do care and people are good. And you look at his story now and how many people he helps, both from the work that he does and the charity that he does to help feed people. So, um, yeah, I like that little exercise. I like, you know, I like you because. Um, but the good thing is, you, know, you take that and uh, let's say you do that in business and you should tell people what you like about them because, because even in the workplace, we don't do that. We just, you know, no. we have these little uh, things that we think someone thinks something about us that's not so. But you could take that little uh, pad, and I've got a, a little copy of my book there that says, I like, and there's a blank. And then you've got uh, mm -hmm. the word because, and you've got a bunch of lines to write under. I like Chuck because. I like Chuck because he's authentic, because he's genuine. He's willing to share. We're able to build a relationship. Right. I like Chuck because. And when you look at those things, it just begins to change. But, but let's say... Um, you have a subordinate and it's a 21 year old uh, young lady who just went to work for you. You're married. She's not, you want to make sure that yep. you don't do anything inappropriate. So you change it to right. I respect Michelle because, or uh, I admire uh, Michelle because you could change that word to so many different things, but besides I like, but it's the because right. and them hearing why that makes a difference because it validates them. We don't do that. We don't Absolutely. validate each other. No, we don't. So I have a challenge for you. So being authentic, I was in the military. Uh, you try as authentic as you can, but there's, you know, and, and I've had a, several different roles. Sometimes you just don't want to bear your weakness to people because now that now you'll be viewed as weak, especially in the uh, professional world. How do you, you know, what's your thoughts on that? And how would you encourage someone to, you know, still be authentic and true to who they are and who they were meant to be? even in an environment where a lot of people, um, you know, are afraid to do that for fear of consequences. Their boss are going to view them as weak. Their peers are going to view them as, you know, uh, weak or not powerful. Like what, what's your recommendation on someone hearing this and saying, well, you know what, that's great. I can't do that in my workplace though. 
But, but you know what? You hit the nail on the head, and that's why I wrote uh, go back to contagious encouragement. What contagious encouragement does, it's a stepping stone to the authenticity, but you begin to build a relationship. And when you have a genuine relationship, uh, you get to know your supervisor. They get to know you. And they get to know who you are, that you're a good finder. You begin to look for the good in other people and the good in them. And everybody needs that. And it begins to build a better relationship with those people around you. Uh, we're afraid to build relationships with our boss or supervisors, just like you said, for fear. Fear of what? When we are good people, we have nothing to hide. We don't have to look over our shoulder. We have integrity. We do the right thing. You know what? And when they see that and they see that you're genuine and you're authentic, and you begin to lift other people up, that builds a relationship with them. But a lot of times that right. fear comes because we don't know them. They don't know us. We think they see something that they don't see. You, you think of walking into a room of 500 people, and when you walk in the room, everybody stops and looks at you. That's what we think, but that's not what's happening. Right. People are so busy worrying about what people are thinking about them. But when right. we take the eyes off of us and put the eyes on the other people, that crazy math that God has begins to work. We begin to reap better relationships. We still have a supervisor who's our boss. There's boundaries we don't cross, but they get to know right. us and we get to know them because we're going to see each other's character if we're doing business together. I would agree. And being in sales, I strived for always being of tremendous value and have tremendous respect for the people that I I worked with it being a medical sales. I worked with a lot of uh, specialists, you know, physicians, and I wanted them to trust me. And in order for them to trust me, they had to know me and I had to be consistent with who I am, which means if I'm fake, they're going to see it because I Absolutely. can't keep that game up long. Absolutely. So uh, my goal was that I, you know, and I, and I never put it in this terms, but I, I, I always said that I was not the typical salesperson because it was about the relationships more than the pressured sale. And I never liked the pressured sale because it's just a can methodology to, uh, you know, manipulate someone into, you know, wanting yes. something or buying something that they may not have truly wanted. Um, and, you know, and that's, you know, in business and, you know, working with people, not only internally, the people that you work with, but also your customers or clients, if they know that you're, we're all human and, you know, we all make mistakes. And this is me, you know, what do they say? Yep. The, uh, you know, wear my life on my sleeves, you know, uh, what you see is what you get kind of thing. And when you come across someone like that, they just stick to you because they're powerful. And you're talking about sales. Value to you. Yeah. You're talking about sales. You're talking about building the relationship and, and it's like all the salespeople read the same sales book. How's your kids? How's your wife? What's your birthday? How's your, what's your anniversary? Tell me about your dog. How I know you love horses, but you know what, what have we done? We've taken the focus off of them and our conversation needs to be about them. And my father-in-law was a physician. He passed away about two years ago. And so you, know, you see all the people coming in and out, but when you come in, you talk about them and you say, uh, uh, Hey doc, his name was Jerry uh, block. And you know, Hey doc block, how are you doing? Let me tell you what, I've got this product I think it will be perfect for you. And, and you begin to show what the perfect thing is. And then you talk about because of your specialty and because you care about your patients and what you're doing, I think you would appreciate this. But you start taking it and you start turning it more about them. So you don't just immediately right. go back to 
the product. You got to build that relationship talking about him, but let him know what you like about him and why. You, you can work that in so many different ways. Doc Block, what I love about you is the way you treat your patients. And, and, and you know, it's there just, you, uh, you have a bedside mannerism that, that no one has. I mean, uh, and for you, it's all about the people. And man, I appreciate that. And that's why I love coming into your place and watching your, your clients come in and out. And, and Doc, I tell you what, it's just, I love coming and just sitting in your office and, and just waiting and watching and seeing how the people come in and out. They just hear what they say about you. And, but they're taking your they're taking your little exercise that we just talked about a minute ago and putting it into application, real world, yes. real security. authentically, authentically, put it into application of talking to them and Absolutely. working in conversation and let Doc Block know, Doc, what I love about coming here to your place. Oh man, it's wonderful. Your people are so good, and just telling him why his people are good, but. Uh, because of his skills, because of his leadership ability. And, uh, man, I tell you what, I just, I just love coming here. It's a great environment. But finding whatever it may be and start telling Dr. Block what you like about him. Once you get to where you right. talk about him, then you have the, uh, the door open where you can ask a few questions about the family and the horse and the dog and the cat and those things. But as salespeople, right. we think that the horse and the cat, the dog, and the family is building the relationship, but really it's not. I mean, it's been going yeah. on for 35, 50, 60 years, everybody's doing the same thing, but be different, be you and really care about who you're going to sell your product to. I would agree. And the more authentic you are, the more they will like you and the more uh, value yes. you bring to whoever you're working with and the more trust they would have in you. And you um, start looking at more reasons of why you like them instead of why they like you. It's not about why they like right. me. It's why I like them. And the more that I display that, the more they're going to like me because I care about them. You know, Ziggo, right. you always see it. people don't care how much you know. Do you know how much you care? You've heard that? Zig oh, added yeah. an extra part of that. Zig Ziggler, he added the extra part of the three dots. People don't care how much you know till they know how much you care, dot, 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 about them. That's all Zig added to that right. quote. And about that them. is what makes it so, so magical. But we all want people to care about us. And when people are doing that, they care about us. We begin to feel it. Our heart begins to warm inside of us. So it, it just goes back there to being authentic in doing it and doing it for the right motive. And as you said, not in a manipulative way, because you're not trying to manipulate them just to get the dollar. Because if you do it that right. way, it, you got to do it every time. And you have a manipulating dollar. That, that's, a, that's a depreciating dollar, in my opinion. I would agree. And I've, uh, um, I listened to a gentleman named Kerwin Ray. He's out of Australia. And he's on social media and he talks, he's a consultant and he talks about money being the consequence and we don't focus on the money. We focus on the tremendous value that we give and yes. the more value that we give, the consequence is going to be, you know, the financial rewards from a business perspective that, you know, that comes, you don't focus on the consequence. You focus on, you know, the actions and what your, what your role is. Um, I'm also in the, uh, organization called BNI business networking international and their primary focus is givers gain. And although it's brief and kind of short, it's, it, it describes everything. You know, I, um, I don't get what I want until I help other people get what they want. And so my whole focus is to help other people. And, you know, it may not, the blessings may not come directly from that person. Um, but I will be rewarded for my efforts and my value added. And, uh, you know, that is what motivates me. And, and there's a sense of fulfillment inside. It just feels so great to be able to bless someone else and help someone else. And, uh, I don't know if I, uh, 
have a heart for the underdog or not, but that seems to be the people <laughs> that I uh, really enjoy working with because to see them win and succeed and put a smile, you know, on their face, it just puts a smile on my face. So, yeah. um, so any, anything, uh, so you are working on a book. Uh, I know you do some, uh, speaking, uh, you're kind of, you just got back from, uh, a speaking engagement, if I recall. Yes. And, are, uh, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. I just got back about between one thirty and two this morning. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> so you we had the hurricane time. that just came into, uh, down into Florida. So I was getting ready to leave. My wife and I were talking about it. So, you know, the airlines go crazy and I'm, uh, supposed to fly out on Sunday or my event starts on Monday. It's like, okay, what if the hurricane does this and do this with all the traffic? So to make sure that we were able to be at our engagement, my wife and I went down and I rented a car uh, that evening. My, my car's getting a few miles unless we rented a car Saturday afternoon. I got up at two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning, um, Sunday drove 14 and a half hours, got there at eight 30 that wow. night. Got into bed. I was worn out. Got into bed. Got up at wow. four in the morning to make sure I'm prepared the next day, and so yeah. make sure that you know we met our commitment. Then uh, yesterday, when my event was over, I drove about 14, 14 and a half hours back home last night. But doing that, and it's kind of like it just shows. And what for me, it was kind of like, yeah, I was tired. I'm worn out. I'm exhausted. But you know, it's like I gave a little bit more, and I feel better because I gave more. I did a little Absolutely. bit. More other guys are going to do. I thought about my client. I wanted to make sure that I'm there. I'm not going to put it off on the airlines. I'm stuck here. I can't get there. It's like, so, you know, right. you just feel when you've given more. And Zig said this, and, and you hit on it a minute ago. People misquote Zig all the time, and they use that quote, you can have everything in life you want if you will help enough other people get what they want. You hear that all right. the time, right? That's right. a manipulative tactic. Here's what Zig said. You can have everything in your life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. They take that word just out and they don't understand it because if you'll just, no matter what, help enough other people get what they want, the value they want, the uh, uh, whatever they need as far as their self-affirmation, the encouragement, those are the things that we can have everything in life we want if we will just help enough other people get what they want. And when that takes do, away the motive. Yeah. You're not looking for the return on the value. You know, there's a return going to come, but when you yeah. genuinely care, then the genuine article will come back. You just do it. Yeah. You do it because. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get you. That's powerful. That's, that's, that's why the last word. two three years I've pulled back from so many of my relationships on Facebook and other speakers. And I'd say more in the speaker industry and, I've just been around so many guys that they're, they may be famous or not. They're speakers or trainers and they're one way on the platform. They get off and they're, they're not what they just said. I mean, they just said, do this, do that. And yet they don't do it or they don't treat people the way. And it's kind of like, you know what? That's not who I want to be. So I pulled myself right. back. I mean, everybody wants to be around who's the most famous guy I can be around today. For me, it's like, who's the most authentic person that I can help build up and they can help build me. How can we have a real right. genuine relationship instead of, meeting a guy that's just going to say, hi, how you doing? And just kind of walk right off and just ignore you. And, and Zig right. always, when he did his uh, presentations, Zig would get off the stage and it didn't matter how many hours. And I mean hours. Sometimes Zig would be standing there autographing books and talking to people for two, three, and four hours. People would stand wow. in line because Zig's going to have a complete conversation with you until you're done. 
When you're done, wow. you autograph your book, and then you're going to move on, and somebody else is going to come. But so many of us as speakers, it's like we run out. It's like, oh, I'm the big guy. Let me just walk out and let me just sign a few books. And thank you. Thank you for buying my book. Thank you. Thank you. Go buy some more. Hey, I got some more for you. I got another sale for you. Yep. But yep. that's what makes Zig different. He cared. And that's where my heart is. And you think of our eternal rewards. And, you know, uh, uh, like I told you, I have that eternal perspective. When you think of our right. eternal rewards, when we get to heaven, our rewards are not going to be for the superficialists. What did we really do? to encourage someone else in their race that they're running. You know, what did we really do to win other people to, to Christ? You know, the, right. I hope it's not something I can't use on the show. It is just edited out, but nope. what can we do to win no, other absolutely. people to Christ? How can we encourage other people in their race? Those are the things we're going to be rewarded for, not for our selfishness. You're right. You're absolutely right on that. So when we look at business um, and everything from an eternal perspective, we start looking to do things a whole lot differently. You do. And it's unfortunate that, you know, going back to, you know, what Bob Proctor talks about two main w ways people change. One's an emotional impact, you know, hurricane, uh, the hurricane that just hit Texas and Florida is an emotional impact. It, it, it's a traumatic yeah. event. 9-11 uh, was a traumatic event and it changes people, people's lives. And unfortunately, a lot of people wait until something like that happens or don't truly change until something like that happens and they miss the boat because you know they, they fail to be authentic they fail to do the things that they are passionate about doing just because yeah instead of you know uh, doing it because it's business and um you know, yeah, i was look looking up you. a quote what's that Look at all the people who are losing their homes and they have nothing. And look at all the people pulling together, black, white, red, yellow. It didn't make right. any difference. Rich, poor, it didn't make any difference. All the divisions that the media and other people keep saying we have, we really don't have those. You know, they're telling us we have them because they've got a product they're trying to sell, and that's for you to click on their station so they can sell more advertising. But, you know, we really don't have that. You saw people pull together rich poor black white red yellow green it didn't absolutely make any difference. in the deepest darkest time of houston down there a while ago and in what's going on in florida you know people really helping each other when they don't have nothing yet they're helping others and you know what that's when we get the reward and then rewarding right. it brings us more self-esteem and more self self-assurance of who we are as well absolutely that's the kind of uh life i'm i'm working on living uh, more and more, um, by choice, not by chance. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, any, uh, any, any, any final comments, uh, or, uh, things that you want to share with the audience? So, well, no, no, I'll just tell you, I just thank Tom and I thank you, Chuck, for uh, letting me share on your show and, and be on your show today. Uh, I, I love it. I think the first time I did Tom's show was about three years ago and we've kind of lost track of each other over the last two or three years. He's been busy and, and I've been busy. And, and the fun thing is, Tom and our friends, and I don't even know him. I've never met him. <laughs> but, but I haven't met him either, but I've been working with him for, what's that? That's a cool thing with technology. We can we can real, really it still really create is. authentic relationships, even though we're miles away. You're absolutely right. I've uh, known Tom now for over a year. We've done a lot of business together, and uh, I've never met him. And uh, well, looking I forward to the day of doing it, but I feel like I know him. Yeah, I admire the struggle he's been through, and he always takes it to help other people. 
And you know what? That's the kind of guy that I wanted to be around. Those are the authentic relationships I'm working to build, not the other relationships. You know, we had uh, some things at the Ziegler office. Uh, Tom Ziegler sold the speaking and training division uh, two or three, uh, two years ago, matter of fact, this month. So a lot of things changed in my life. So instead of being booked through the Zig Ziglar Corporation, uh, now that I started booking myself, and as I booked myself, I started looking and looking, where do I really want to be? Where, how, who do I really want to touch? And, and I love what we did through Ziglar. I mean, that was fantastic. But now that I've got yep. more control in my hands and begin to look and see that, it's like, who are the people? Who are the people that I can pour into that will then take whatever we do and then they pour it into other people? So, right. Absolutely. Well, uh, Philip, I appreciate having you on the show today. Uh, if you are interested in getting in touch with Philip, you can reach him via his email, philip at philiphatfield.com. Uh, check out his website, philiphatfield.com. That's P-H-I-L-L-I-P-H-A-T-F-I-E-L-D.com. Uh, philip, it was incredible having you on the show today. Thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, talk with you learn a little bit about you. Tom, thanks for having me uh, on the show again today. Really enjoy it. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, This is Journey to Success Radio. Have a wonderful day. Take care.